Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! President Jim Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And Christian, it's come to pass. The worst case scenario that everybody's feared for months. The Avs lost two in a row. I, I think I mean, it's are, are time. We, are you okay? Like, are, I, we, are you well, still alive? No. Is your heart beating? No, I'll tell you where I'm at mentally. Uh, I think Jared Bednar needs to be fired. Um, Nathan McKinnon traded. Kale McCarr traded. Uh, Darcy Kemper gone. Um, everything is bad. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's two losses, man. We, we've been hinting at it at the show for months now it seems like um the abs lost two in a row it's going to happen like I, i'm not worried in the slightest at all um two one goal losses and in both games you can make a case they should have won yeah i mean it's you have a one goal loss to the worst team in the western conference and then a one goal loss in overtime to the second best team in the Western conference. Let me reiterate still second best in the Western conference is the Calgary flames because they are nowhere near passing us even after winning that game. So avalanche lose two to one of the Arizona coyotes in regulation and lose four to three in overtime to the Calgary Flames for their first two game losing streak since early November sound the fire alarms, everyone freak out, everybody panic. This team just no longer has it. Like I, I wish I was being sarcastic, but I'm actually, I'm actually parroting what I've seen. Guys, let's bring it down a notch a little bit here. The Arizona game. I know it never looks good to lose to one of the worst teams in the NHL. That was a, that was Vizmelka playing out of his mind. Still, that was not the Avs playing down to bad teams. That was just Arizona having a really good game and their goalie having a better one. And we'll, we'll discuss in detail the Calgary game. Trust me. I mean, I'm expecting to go well over an hour on yeah. that, at least. I mean, yeah. what a game and disappointing ending. But 
a one goal overtime loss where most of the goals against were your fault. Like, I really can't say that I don't feel confident in a series against the flames. I'll, I'll open with this, even with the loss that that game told me we beat this team in a seven game series. hundred percent, hundred percent. The Avs played. Okay. Uh, they turned the puck over a bunch. Um, couldn't get a big save from Darcy Kemper. Uh, and even then they still had every chance to win that game. Like that, that was just one of those games. You're not going to win. Um, I guess we can just go real quick over the Arizona game. Um, I thought the Avs played pretty well. They usually play down to their opponents. I did not think they did that tonight, or not tonight, whenever it was against Arizona. Um, Vimelka was fantastic. Uh, Some shoddy refereeing near the end of the game, I'd say. Um, And, I mean, a loss, a loss. Coyotes are kind of hot now. uh, They aren't as bad as they were to start the year. so it, I agree with you. It, it does not look good optics wise to lose to the Coyotes, but uh, I mean, that shit's going to happen, man. Like goalies get hot. You put 43 shots on goal, man. Like, and you only scored once. Like there's not much you can do. Yeah. I, it, it happens. And I have to say from puck drop to intermission to the end of this game, do not care. I did not care about this game at all and i don't care about now that it's done it was a meaningless game against right now the worst team in the nhl because montreal is even hotter than they are right now and he got goalie like okay you know what fine whatever i've ne- i honestly i don't even have a tab open with the stats because i don't this we've already talked longer about this game than i thought we would yeah like i don't care about this loss it doesn't mean anything it happens and Again, it's like, oh, the Avs played down to bad teams. It's our first regulation loss against a, a true bad team. We're 9-1-1 and against them, and both of them good. are to Arizona. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, okay, and it, in the long term, in a super optimistic, super long-term fashion, that's a good thing because you're hurting Arizona's tank. And if you're stopping them from getting Shane right, that helps you down the line. Agreed. Playing the big game. Who says I'm not Joe optimistic? Yeah, it was all Joe Sackick's plan. But yeah, I mean that that was last game in Glendale. That was that was kind of kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, I got nothing more on that game other than good for the Coyotes. I'm happy you guys got to enjoy a win. You yeah, guys seem like, to beat a lot of the good teams, so that's got to be cool. Um, so yeah, good for Coyotes fans. I, yeah, they they scored they scored eight goals the other night against <laughs> Ottawa, and well, Nick Schmaltz had seven points. Seven. Seven. Most ridiculous. Most (laughs) most since 2012. You know, good for them right now. They're they're feeling it a little bit. You know, good for coyotes. They they deserve a little two-game winning. They've won three of their last four. Wins against Vegas, Colorado, and Ottawa. I mean, talk about heating up at the right time. Could make a playoff push. I mean, they could make a playoff push, you know. They're only what 30 points back, you know. I mean, 15-game win streak. Have have crazier things happened. I don't know. Regardless. (laughs) I'm done talking about this game. I don't care. You don't care. No one listening to this cares. Let's talk about the big thing, the big show, the game that we've been kind of hyping up for a little while now, ever since Calgary got hot. The Avalanche go up against the Calgary Flames for the first time this season. And this this game delivered. Absolutely. Even though this ends up as a loss, one of the most entertaining games of the season. Just it really, I know this gets so overused, and even on this show too, every close game between good teams is a playoff game. 
This truly was a playoff style game with a playoff atmosphere and playoff officiating. They let a ton of shit go. Oh, this yeah. is exactly how a game is going to look in the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. Like there, were so, there were no penalties in the third period other than Kachuk and McCarr going off for matching minors. They didn't call um, a single minor penalty after the first. Yeah. The only in the second period was the fighting, fighting major between Lucic and McDermott and the offsetting in the third period with McCarr and Kachuk. That's yeah. it. They let this game go. Yeah. And even after they let go, it was still a slow-ass third period. Um, and that's just a Daryl Sutter specialty is just play the most boring fucking games of hockey. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it delivered in every aspect of it. It sucks we lost, but my big picture takeaway from this game is I think that loss is going to help us more in the long run than a win would have. Yeah, like I totally, I actually, totally agree with that. They were actually punished for the mistakes that they had been getting away with for months now. So, so, so long. Cause like even the Boston game where we just got thoroughly got our ass beat, we wrote a lot of that off as it's an early game. You know, you sometimes just don't have it. This is one where it's like, you fix a couple of these mistakes, you win this game. Mm-hmm. And that can't happen in the playoffs. There is yeah. not that margin for error. And that's why I, my big picture thing, I think that's, this is a good thing for this team because they've been great in one goal games. You need to lose a couple to remember, okay, we can't just get away with everything. Yeah, because there were some mistakes in this game. You know, this is a real different episode because even when we talk about losses, there's almost always a win to offset it. We haven't had an episode where it's like just losses since November. And like I said, there were some mistakes in this game and things that need to be cleaned up. Very soon. The first period, the Avalanche scored two goals in it. And goal-wise, one of their best periods of the game. But obviously, their worst period of the game. Very sloppy. And Calgary's forecheck was all over them. Yeah. It was all – and Calgary, I, I don't want to sure – Calgary is a good-ass hockey team. They're good. And they're good. They're probably our toughest opponent in the Western Conference right now. But the first period, the Avs scored, what, 22 seconds into the game? 42 seconds in Landeskog. Scores his 30th goal of the season. Yeah. Why it is 30 goal season I've ever seen. Yep. First Avs player to get to 30 this year. So um, you score. I mean, Vladar made a crazy save on Nachushkin to to, uh, keep it 0-0. And then Landy tapped it in. Um, And I thought, okay, this team's ready to rock and roll. And then Darcy takes a delay of game penalty, which before we go into, what is your thought? Do you think it should be a penalty or do you think it should just be treated like an icy delay game? It's it's an interesting thing. Like I go back and forth on it. Maybe I'm just used to it being delay a game that I think it should be a penalty. But even when you go back to like the, the earlier years of hockey where this was not a thing and it was not a penalty to throw it out of play. It still didn't happen. It's not like you're just looking to fire that puck out of play at every opportunity you get. So I don't know. Like I'm really just kind of indifferent on it. I mean, you really, you need to be mindful of where you're throwing the puck. I think it's annoying that there's, it's different for other parts of the glass. Other parts of the glass are shorter than others. I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, it's one of those things that if they change it, I wouldn't be mad. But if they keep it, I'm not going to be mad either. Right. It's so. just it's just one of those like little semantic things. Yeah. I, I just saw um, 
I saw some people debating it online during the game. I was like, that's like I've never thought about it that way. Cause it's like you said, it's just become such a normal thing now that I'm used to it. Um, but I mean, Darcy takes that penalty and I think Calgary scored like two seconds into the power play to tie yeah, the game like right away. And a very pretty power play goal at that. Yeah. I mean, Gaudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm, beautiful puck movement. And we're going to talk about Kemper. I, I can't put that one on him other no. than the delay of game, which was, yeah. which was his fault. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a pretty ass goal. Um, and that was kind of the theme of the first period for the abs. They take the momentum and then give it right back in like less than two minutes. Um, and so it's tied one one, the abs get a power play and they have arguably their worst power play of the season. I don't think, it, I don't think it's close that, that first power play they jotted out there. That was embarrassing. That was a <laughs> low point for this power. Like not to sugarcoat any of this, that was the worst power play I've seen from this team. Like, Oh my God, did we have the puck at all? We had it, I think, for like 10 seconds in the zone. Like, I mean, Calgary, hard. we got to give Calgary some credit there. The fourth-ranked penalty kill in the league. They're a good PK, but the Avs have way too much talent to not even muster 10 seconds of offensive zone possession. No. And it was really bad. They gained no momentum off of it. And Calgary luckily takes another penalty in the first period. And that power play, it looked like two different teams. Two different teams on the power play. Yeah, completely different. So – I do still think uh, the power play is something that needs to be worked on for this team. It has lost a little bit of its juice. Um, I know they did get a power play goal in this game, but it came with like 10 seconds left off a rush opportunity. Um, and with so your second I, group. Yeah. With your second group. I don't really count that as like, I know it counts as a power play goal, but I don't really. It, it you know counts, I mean? but it doesn't count towards fixing the problem. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is like, it, at first it was, oh, they just aren't scoring. Now they aren't even really getting opportunities. Yeah, it's like, just, it structurally is wrong. Yeah. So I I am concerned about that. There's plenty of time to fix it. Um, there's way too much talent on this team to not have it. But I I am a little concerned. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard not to be concerned right now with the amount of talent that we have on this power play for it to be as ineffective as it is recently like this is the kind of thing that it should be a death sentence you put the avalanche power play out there you're it's cheat codes it's mckinnon mccarr rantanen landeskog and take your pick of who else you want out there it's normally right now nazim kadri those are all five of the best players in the world that power play should be scoring at least 30 percent of the time at minimum minimum the, the minimum fact that we're and the fact that it and it did that for a lot of the season, the fact that we're coming out here right now at 11th for the whole season, that's, that's unacceptable. That's not going to fly. Yeah. You need to figure it out. There's plenty of time to figure it out, but it's definitely something that you can't just, you, you, there does still have to be a process to it. You can't just trot those players out there and expect to create chances. There's got to be a plan. Um, so I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis the rest of the year. We need to get the power play going again. Um, but like we kind of alluded to, uh, Andre Burkowski continues his hot streak. What's that? His third goal in four games. Yep. Third goal in yeah. four games, 18th of the season and just, just patented Berkey. Yeah. And I, this kind of got overlooked at, but not for me, Alex Newhook's pass on this play. This kid has no business being this disgusting at 21 years old, just a beautiful cross ice pass right on the stick to Berkey who does the most patented Berkey shot ever takes the second winds it up 
rips it past Vladar and gives the abs a two to one lead. And I felt really good for a grand total of about a minute. Yeah. About a minute. Um, Cause that goal was scored with what, like 18 minutes left or excuse me, two minutes left in the first period. Yeah. 18. 18. Yeah. So you would think, all right, abs, this is good. You're going to hold the moment. You're going to take the lead into the second period. Uh, no, uh, Samuel Gerard, who we've defended a ton on this podcast. He is a good defenseman. He had one of his worst games of his career last night. Yeah. One of the worst games of his career. Um, he makes one of the most desperation passes to try and clear the zone. Probably of his, probably the worst pass of his career. It's up there at very least. And it's not even just that. The entire sequence for Sam Gerrard on this play is one of the worst I've ever seen. The puck comes around on the boards. He's, I was going to say he battles for it with Kachuk, but that didn't happen. He's, he kind of backs away from it and like kind of one-handed like bats at the puck. Kachuk gets it easily and then Kachuk falls. And then Sam Gerrard just sends a total suicide pass up the center of the ice. I do not know what he's thinking here. This is one of the most fundamentally basic things you learn as a defenseman in any, not just in hockey, in any sport, you never throw it up the middle. Like, Oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. And so Calgary keeps that puck in. And then he has another opportunity against Matt Kitschuk to stop the pass getting through to Lindholm and just does nothing. Like I, I hate the word soft. I don't have another way to describe that play. That was a soft ass play. What are you doing? Like that's a bench worthy play. Yeah. That's not just one little mistake. That is 15 straight seconds of ineptitude that ends up in your net. You, you can't bench him because he, who, who are you going to put up there? You know what I mean? I, yeah. That, that was the tough part for him. Sam Gerard, we, I, we've defended him so much on the show and I'll continue to defend him because he hasn't been bad this year. He had a very bad game, a very bad game. Um, I still think he's going to be fine, but that was rough, rough. And it leads to a, a goal by Lindholm that I, I, I saw the replay of it. I think Darcy should have made the save. It, it deflected. It was kind of a change up shot. You need a save there. Yeah. You, you, def- you, you want to save there. It's a change up, but Kemper's been getting beat by a lot of those, these last couple of games, the, these change ups just, keep seeming to find a way past him. I'm not pinning that one on him as much as some others. It's not a great goal to give up, but it's still a, a wide open chance from Elias Lindholm in front of your net. It's Sammy has to make that play. Darcy has to make that save instead of not playing your best period and going up two to one going into the period. Now, all of a sudden you're tied. Calgary has that all that momentum back and feeling good about how they played. Like that, like that's the kind of thing that will bury you if you let yeah. that happen. It's yeah. the, it's the kind of mistake they've gotten away with a lot recently against worse teams or just been able to outscore it. That came back to bite them. That goal bothers me more than not more than the overtime one, but of any of the goals in regulation, one hundred percent. That is completely avoidable. Suicide pass up the middle, and if you're gonna do that, follow it up with a hard play, and then can we just get a save? Yeah. I mean, the sequence of so many things. Yeah, it it was that first period. The abs offensively, I thought were okay. They handled the forecheck not very well in that first period. Um, 
they got two goals, but defensively, I'd say that was probably one of their worst periods of hockey they've played in a very long time. Yeah, it was, it was a wake-up call, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, the first period ends 2-2. I kind of felt, I was like, ah, I mean, you played bad. You're still tied at two. You, you can still win this game. Second period starts. Hey, I do not know how Branson gets left that wide open. I mean, he can get left wide open. He fires a perfect shot. Another shot, you'd love to see Darcy Kemper make a save. Uh, he did not. Uh, Abs go down 3-2 to start the second period, and that was it for Darcy Kemper. For the yeah, game. and the, this shot from Good Branson, I mean, I don't even really have a problem leaving Good Branson open. It's Eric Good Branson. Like, right. who saw, okay, he's just going to wire a perfect slap shot off of the post and into the net, and it, there's not a ton of traffic in front of Kemper. He should be able to track that puck. I, I did not like this one. Like this I, was the worst this, of the three. This one to me bothered me more than the Lindholm goal. I know it was a great shot and everything, but it's from Eric Goodbranson from barely inside the blue line. You should be able to get there and track. I don't care that it rang off the post. If that's a centimeter to the left, it rings off the post and stays out. That's still too close for you to just be like, oh, it's not going to go in. Yeah. Darcy wasn't great last night, but I, I don't think the abs defense was great in front of him. Um, so they pulled Darcy at the time. I was like, that's, I don't know how I feel about that, but they pulled, they put Frankie in and the Avs finally woke up because after Frankie came in, I thought the Avs dominated the rest of the game. Yeah. Frankie came in and he, he shut the door. He did his part the entire way. And I thought we didn't have those same kind of mistakes in front of him. No, we, we did not. I mean, it, it was just, uh, it was the wake up call that the team needed. I, I was questioning Bednar when he pulled him at first. And then as the game, I was like, okay, that was the right call. Like, yeah, it was a mix. That's why of... I'm not a coach. <laughs> he's he's a professional coach because I I was really questioning. I was like, I don't think any of these goals are really on Darcy, but uh, they pulled him and the Abs woke up and I thought dominated the rest of this game. Yeah, it was a mix of Kemper's not super sharp tonight, and the team needs a kick in the ass right now because the way they're playing is not not going to fly for the rest of this night. And like you said, it worked. It they came back for the rest of the second period found their game, found a way past Calgary's forecheck. And from here on out, one of the most entertaining games of the season, oh, without yeah. question. Oh, yeah. It was great. I mean, we, we've already kind of talked about Samuel Gerrard uh, not having a great game. He almost made it 4-2 uh, to two when he whiffed on a slap shot. I don't know if you remember that. He <sighs> whiffed on a slap shot. Uh, I forget for Calgary who goes on a two-on-one. Kale McCarr catches him, breaks up the play. <laughs> Puck bounces back to him. Kale McCarr then picks up the puck, sprints down the – I don't know how he had energy, energy left. But I mean, proves why he's a professional athlete and I'm not because I would have been fucking dying behind the net. Um, makes the play, sets up Nazem Kadri, who then sets up Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon roofs it to tie the game at three. I thought it was the play of the year, just an all-around play of the year. I don't know what your thoughts were, but, I mean, Kale McCarr is just unreal. Like – we talked a lot about bad games for Avs players last night. Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon played some of their best games. Kale McCarr was in another dimension against Calgary. What a game. What a sequence. I don't think there's really much question. This is one of the plays of the year for the team. I mean, it starts with Sam Gerrard just having an ungodly night and giving up that two-on-one. McCarr follows the play the whole way, drops down the ice, breaks the whole thing up, and sets up the transition 
the other way and setting up that McKinnon goal to tie the game. Like that, 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 that's a game breaker thing. That's the kind of thing that should be put on his, not just his Norris candidacy reel, his heart candidacy reel. He's yeah. been unbelievable. And his assist streak moves up to, it was 11 games 11 now, games. 11 games. Like what, what do you even say to that? It's, <laughs> it's like, I watched that whole thing develop. I'm like, there's no way they actually finished this off. Right. That whole thing sent chills up my spine yeah it, it, it went from the ultimate oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck to oh yeah let's fucking go like, baby. oh yeah kale mccarr the best defenseman in the nhl can make that play and yeah. also not not just make that play get up drive the transition the other way and be like down at the net when the goal is scored <laughs> so good dude i was laughing so much at that play because it was it's just the perfect embodiment of when your best players play their best games you're going to win a majority of the time. And that's right. exactly what Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon did in this game. It's a yeah. shame they didn't get as much support as they needed from the other top guys. Um, but that was just an unreal play. And I thought once we scored that goal, I was like, okay, they're, they're going to win this game. And they almost like, they almost did that third period. I thought was the abs best period offensively and defensively. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of been brushed over, but ever since, Frankie came in and we scored that goal. I felt like Calgary really didn't have an answer for us. And they didn't our, have a chance. I don't remember st- a dangerous chance for I'm I'm trying to think of one. I I really I really can't think of one. And they did not have an answer for our stars. And Rantanen did, had a bad night, as we will talk about, but I thought McKinnon was excellent. I thought Landeskog was great. Burakovsky had a good night. Kadri had a good night. Val Nachushkin. Like how, how many ways can I describe this guy? He had an unbelievable game and he picks up two assists and defensively. Like I, I can't even describe how good he was breaking up so many passes, setting up so many plays in transition. You need, you need to extend this guy. Now you cannot even entertain the idea of him leaving. He is, he has to stay. stay. He has to be here next year. And then the year after he's the smartest forward on this team. Yeah, he is. He, he's so fucking good. And you don't realize how much you miss him until he's gone. And now that he's back, he was fantastic last night. It didn't even look like he had skipped a beat. I love the line of him, Kadri and Landeskog. I think it's just such a hard working line. I get the top lines fucking great. Don't get me wrong. But that second line with Landeskog on it is just such a good fucking line. Yeah, like you're you're never getting the puck against that line, and if you do, they're gonna make you pay for it. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple times they got him. To, I mean, just look at the way Bednar treated him. He had them matching up against Calgary's top line. The top line was matching up against Calgary's second line. So that shows you how much trust Bednar has with the defensive of that team because Calgary's top line is really fucking good. Yeah, th- um, this I'd year argue, it's one of it's top three in the league. Yeah, top three, top five all time. So not all time, but like like this, this year. year. Yeah. Um, all time. I can't believe I just said that. That was bad. Yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be pretty decent if they were already <laughs> that'd be pretty that decent. That'd be pretty decent. But I, I don't remember, like you said, a chance for Calgary after McKinnon's goal. I really don't. Like, yeah, they, it, it was all us at that point. And that, that's why I feel good about this. The second those mistakes were cleaned up and the team got rolling and got forward, what did Calgary have for us? Nothing. Not, not really much of anything. You clean up the mistakes in this game and also bury a couple chances later in this game, as I'm sure we'll talk about with Taze. You win this game in regulation. 
That's why I'm saying in a seven-game playoff series, I'm not worried. Like, yeah, Calgary's a good team, and they would absolutely give us, I think, right now, the toughest fight of anybody in the West. But we're better than them. Yeah, Our stars match up better than their stars. We're, our depth struggled in this game. But I, I, see, I'd push back on I thought the third line was really The third good. line was good. The fourth line was a non-option. Yeah, fourth line was not an option, and you had McDermott in, and we love Curtis McDermott. I love Curtis McDermott. That fight with Lucic was all he was in the lineup for, um, but he is becoming a little bit of a liability, like you've talked about, because you can't play a fourth line. You can't. Yeah, you can't. And I don't. Because you're you're putting Curtis McDermott out there for two minutes a game. Yeah, he's not even playing a full minute in the period. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't do it. So, I am. I agree with you. I, I think Helm probably should have played in this game because I don't think Joster or Bakubo had particularly a bad game. It's just you, you, you can't they were play. Never there. They, they, there's nothing there. Um, so I, I agree. McDermott, maybe in the playoffs when it gets a little bit tighter and you really don't play your fourth line and you're getting a little – but even in the playoffs, you don't fight that much. So it's kind of like – You're not you're not really fighting in the – like no one's going to yeah. fight you unless they're, they're down by four. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I agree with you. You probably should have had Helm play. There had to be something last minute that happened with him. They didn't play because all indications were he was going to play. Um, but I don't know. It's one of those things where you, you need to figure it out because you need a fourth line. You need a fourth line. Like you, you can't have two players playing six minutes and then another guy playing two. Yeah. Like they're a non-option. You're limiting yourself and you're exhausting everyone in front of you. And like, if that's the case that we can't trust our fourth line that much, then you need to go get someone else. Yeah, you go get someone else, and we'll talk more about trade stuff when we get closer to it. There's just nothing going on There's in the trade just, market right now. I'm stunned at just how nothing there is in terms yeah. of rumors. Not even just for the ABS, for everybody, it's There's all nothing. still speculation. We're still waiting to see if Drew wants to get traded, and we're still like, oh, is JT Miller going to get traded? You know, Jacob Chikrin. You know, there was an offer two months ago. Like, what the hell happened with that? And there's nothing, there's nothing happening right ever since the Labushkin trade. It's been just absolutely silent. Yeah. So we'll have to see, but we'll talk more about when we get to it. Um, But yeah, I definitely think a fourth line, just a depth fourth liner is needed because I do think Darren Helm, since he's come back from injury has been a good fourth line. I like, I like Helm. Helm should be in the lineup come playoff time. He's he helps on the back end. If Obey Kubel can clean up the offense's own penalties, I don't think he's really too much of a liability. Um, and Jost has been Jost. Like, Jost is very – he doesn't really do much, but he's he, he doesn't do anything terrible. That makes me want to pull him out of the lineup. So, um, I I don't know. I, it, you need something because you could definitely tell Calgary was way more balanced. They were rolling their four lines, and they were playing pretty well. But as the third period wound on, it was that four-on-four. McKinnon just blew by Nikita Zadorov. That was hilarious to see. Like, Zdorov had no answer for McKinnon's speed. And McKinnon sets up Devon Taves, and Devon Taves just misses the net. Yeah, like it, he, I don't even know if it's really even him missing the net. It just caught him on the heel of the stick. It was a great pass, and just it just didn't connect. Yeah. Like, it's the, it's the kind of thing that's like a centimeter apart and or better on his stick, that's in the net, you win the game. Yeah. Like you win the game in regulation. It's not even a question. So, I mean, it, it's tough. Um, I, it's just so weird to see Devontae's miss because he's just been so lights out this year. Um, 
that when he does miss, you're kind of like, oh shit, that he actually is a human. Like he, he make he, he he can miss every once in a while. Um, yeah, like it but, it just rolled on him like a little yeah. bit and caught like the back end of his stick. Like just it's just one of those centimeter things that it it happens. It's a sport yeah. of bounces. Yeah, it happens. So no really other chances in uh, in regulation. And we go to overtime and I was joking with my buddy, Jeff, who I sit next to at all the abs games. Uh, it was Jeff's first game in a long time, just because with his work schedule and all the COVID stuff going on, he hadn't been to a game since the Columbus game in overtime. So he missed all the good times. And he's like, Oh man, I haven't seen an overtime game. And I was like, well, Jeff, I hate to tell you, man, but uh, the abs are due for a fuck up in overtime. And uh, boy, Oh boy, did they fuck this overtime? Yeah. Up. Holy shit. Did they, <laughs> butcher this ot what yeah. the fuck was that yeah it, was, it like, wasn't like we, we can start right at the source why is miko rantanen starting this ot yeah we we gave sam gerard a hard time i think we need to give as hard of a time to miko rantanen he was bad he was bad he we hasn't been that. yeah he hasn't been good for probably the past four or five games he's struggling he's fighting the puck he's in a berkey slump he's in the exact same slump that berkey was the problem is is miko rantanen is a top 10 player in this league and you expect a lot more out of Miko Rantanen. Um, that overtime turnover was rough. The abs surprisingly for this game, won a face off. They don't ever do. They don't win face offs anymore. Yeah, they don't win face offs. So they surprisingly won one um, and they have control. I don't know what Miko Rantanen was doing in that overtime. He kind of just went into no man's land. I th- like, and- this is what, to me, like this is worse than Gerard. Like this, this is overtime against the other best team in the West. This is an important game. I don't care if you're you're load managing or doing whatever he's been doing lately. This is just fucking lazy. Like yeah. Lindholm did not make a perfect play. Lindholm initiated contact with him, and Ranston just lost it. Yeah. Like what what was that? Are you even trying to protect the puck here? Rantanen is a huge dude. Rantanen is bigger than most people in the NHL. He's a massive individual. You should not be getting stripped of the puck that easily. It's it's Lindholm. He's not a bum. But you didn't even put up a fight. Yeah. Like, it, it, the game's on the line here, man. It, it was bad. Um, it, it was bad all around because Miko turns the puck over, and then McKinnon just lets Johnny Goudreau just walk right past him. Like, how, how does that happen? How yeah. does – Johnny get Johnny Gaudreau get behind you like I look at that and the only excuse I can offer is that he thought Gaudreau was changing and that's not good enough either because either he's not changing and he now he's behind you or someone else is behind you fresh off the bench like you've got to be able to keep track of your guys here and that's why I go back to why did McKinnon and Ranton start this McKinnon fine Ranton did not have a good game and we've seen this over the years in overtime these two guys, for whatever reason, don't click an OT. I don't I know, know what, what it, it is. is. It's so weird. It's, it's the most it. random thing that has no explanation. But when these guys are on the ice together in overtime, it does not work. You yeah. put someone else out there, it does. I don't know what the problem is with makes, these two. It makes zero sense. And it's, it just kind of, even, it's kind of funny. It does, it's a little funny. But like, it makes even less sense that Rantanen would start this OT when Val had such an amazing game when Landeskog had such a great game when Kadri had such a great game. Makar had such a great game. You can put Taze and Makar out there. 
like that honestly maybe better think I mean, it, it would be it would absolutely be better and <laughs> defensively you'd be way better <laughs> yeah defensively it would be way better and bednar has sung the praises of nichushkin and ot and has also rewarded guys who play well in a game with getting shifts in ot so when kadri wins that draw and gets off the ice i was totally expecting nichushkin to step on i couldn't believe it was rantanen and then i couldn't believe the play he made which was the lack thereof yeah i it's I really don't question Bednar's decisions that often. You got that one wrong. Like yeah. that, that you straight up got that one wrong and it cost the game. Yeah. Cost him the game. Um it, it was it was a rough overtime. Um, like I alluded to at the beginning of the show, I think losing this game does more from this team than winning this game. Like they needed to be a little punished for their bad play. And they battled their way back to get a point. And they they needed they needed to get I, I think this is I hate to sound like Sheldon Keefe. I think it's a little bit of a wake up call. Yeah, that's what and, I think. But if nothing else, it needs to be. You got a point out of it, which is still fine. Like the division race and the conference race is not a race anymore unless we utterly fall apart and lose like five in a row and Calgary wins five in a row. That's the only way this becomes a race at all. We're still over 10 points ahead of them. So that's not the concern here. And I, and I agree as frustrated as I was, I, I even then I kind of felt this way, even after the game too, I wasn't even that frustrated. I was frustrated in the moment, but I thought about it for five seconds. I'm like, even after all that, all the mistakes we made, all the mistakes that we've talked about, this was still your game to lose Calgary. When you cleaned up your game, had no answer Nope. at the end of the day, nope. that simple no answer. I mean, from once Frankie came in, it was not a question. No, it was not. I mean, the abs were by far the better team. Um, it's just Calgary capitalized on every single mistake we made. It seemed like, and the abs just a little bit of bad luck here and there. Um, they lose the game and they lose back-to-back games for the first time since November, which is ludicrous to think about. We're in fucking March. Um, so I, my biggest takeaway from this game is you just need to clean it up. And just like everything we've talked about on the show, the only way the abs lose in the playoffs is if they beat themselves. And that's exactly what happened tonight. They They beat beat themselves. And even then they were still right there on the cusp. If it goes to the five on five OT, I think the abs win. Yeah, If it goes into five on five OT, we win this game. Even in the three on three, you don't make one stupid decision. You start the overtime with the puck. Who knows what you can do with it after that? Like, I don't know. Like I'm, I walked away from this game annoyed that we lost, but also thinking, Seven game playoff series. You're telling me that can happen for Calgary three more times before yeah. we before we can win four. So it it also took us. I don't even want to say off night because a lot of people played well. Mis- crucial mistakes at bad times is the reason Calgary won this game. Yep, and they're going to rely on that four times out of seven in a playoff series. Yeah, yeah, and with an, an Avalanche team that has hopefully learned all the lessons it needs to learn in the playoffs and is not going to be making those mistakes in the playoffs, I certainly hope not, they're not, win- they're not winning four of seven times. No. And granted, Calgary did end up playing their backup Louis Vidar, which was interesting. I don't understand. Like, yeah. Markstrom's not hurt. Yeah. It was interesting, to say the least. But it ended up being a backup versus backup game because Darcy got pulled. I'm fine. I'm fine with that loss. I'm fine. I still feel great about this team. You're still there's so many positives you can take from this game. You clean up a couple of mistakes and you win this game. So 
for all the Az fans who are freaking out, which there were plenty of them. Oh there were plenty of them. God. Yeah, were there ever. I mean, yeah. my God, guys. It's okay. We're, we're going to be fine. Like, we've just been so spoiled. We talked about in the last episode. We've been so spoiled with the Avs winning that when we do lose, it's the fucking end of the world. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this exact scenario before on the shows. Like, man, can you imagine if we lose two games in a row? People are going to be catatonic. Yeah. And they were, there were some cat talk people. There, there are uh, some people that would think that this was game five and now you're down three to one in the series. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess that would be game four, but regardless. Yeah. I just, I'm, I want to freak out, but I'm just not freaked out. There's nothing to really freak out about really. Like I saw, yeah. I saw like, oh wow. Well, Calgary showed why we should be afraid of them. Not really. No. no. I mean, yeah, they're probably the best team we've played so far in the Western conference this season. I would say at very least. And even then, right down to the end, took mistakes on our part in overtime. And also, are we just forgetting that we are talking about the Calgary Flames here? Yeah, they're good. A team, a team that has won one playoff series since they went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. It's not, not like when did when did this like rewriting of history happen that Calgary in a playoff series has less pressure than we do? Like I get Calgary's maybe a little Canada's, less. But. Calgary's Canada's best team. So, I mean, that falls the pressure on Canada to break the streak. Yeah. And, well, and also, people are quick to forget how bad Johnny Goudreau is in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he's been better he's in recent years, but like, this is a team that historically has not fared well in the playoffs. And I, I guess you can count the qualifying round. They've won two since they went to the Stanley Cup final in 04. Well, but this they team is. They had to hurt Shifley. Yeah. The, the yeah. And Line, they had to be hurt too. Yeah. And. You look after that. I mean, obviously, when they were this good a couple years ago, they ran into the avalanche. Buzzsaw. And we killed them yeah. in five games and won four straight. So I just – I don't understand where this this rewrite came from that now that Daryl Sutter's here and they play a more physical game that all is forgiven for their past playoff failures, that's still there. Like, I – and if, if this happens in the Western Conference Final – all is forgiven for both teams anyway. It's a fresh slate. It's a fresh slate, and I still trust the Abs way more than I trust the Flames. So uh, I'm super biased. I know people are going to be shocked that I'm super biased. I, I still don't know if Calgary gets past Vegas. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, because Vegas, I, I mean, they're, they're still struggling, but Robin Leonard's back. Um, they're, they're playing better. I think they're going to catch L.A., even though I do think L.A. is going to be a solid playoff team. I don't think they're – going to really be fighting for a playoff spot um i i just don't foresee a situation where it's not vegas or calgary in the final for the abs because if you look at the central um the central division's really fallen off hey everybody hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings sportsbook hoops fans the latest offer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360-style windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Just $1 on any team of your choice, any game of your choice, and you have the opportunity for $150 in free bets. Bets. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday every 
day with DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineups, which is something that I personally do just about every day with the NHL. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest, and if you're like me, Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest, you can play for as little as a dime or for as much as you want. It's all up to you. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit as well. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 20 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Now, back to the episode. I mean, badly. It's bad. I mean, you can even throw the abs in now. I mean, St. Louis just lost back-to-back games. Minnesota's getting blown out by Dallas right now on home ice. Um, like the Central Division is struggling. I mean, Nashville. I know they won eight nothing last night, but they have not been good um, since the All Star break. UC Saros has been struggling. Like, I still look at the Abs and I'm like, I don't see a way that they don't make it to the Western Conference Final. I just don't know how they don't get there. Yeah, I mean Minnesota, like you said, they're down four one to Dallas. They're three and seven in their last ten. St. Louis has lost three in a row and two on back to back nights. As they lost to the Islanders yesterday, the Rangers three days before that, and lost an OT to the Devils today. And Dallas is like they do all season, up and down, up and down. They're seven two and one in their last ten, and won three in a row, and probably going to make it four here. They're not challenging us at all for the division spot and right now they've moved themselves out of a first round matchup with us and moved themselves into the pacific so they're their problem right now right now we'd be playing nashville and they are ice cold right now that that is not the same team we played in january not even a little bit you're talking nashville still may trade philip forsberg right so um i feel good don't freak out it's a loss i mean it feels weird doing a loss episode because we haven't done one in a in a minute but um i still just I feel, I feel great about this team. I just yeah. do. And, even, and it's like I've said a million times so far, I still walked away from this loss against Calgary being like, okay, well, you beat them in a seven-game series. That's yeah. one of the games they win just because you're not going to sweep them. But we showed that at our best, we are the better team, and it would be our series to lose. And also, we still play this team twice. This wasn't the only time we're playing them all month. We're going to see them again in next weekend. Yeah, like next weekend, we're going to see them on the 13th again at home ice and then on the road in Calgary on the 29th. We still have two more times to play them. You know, if they win, if Calgary wins both of those, you know, maybe there's some credence to this is a bad matchup for us. But even then, remember, they beat us all four times in the regular season. When we beat them in the playoffs. Yeah, and they won and they won game one of that series yeah. when we played them like it. None of that matters in the playoffs either. If you and even then, that's a Western Conference final matchup. Yeah, this is this isn't a Vegas situation where they've suddenly like fallen out of the playoffs and all of a sudden they're threatening to get the second wild card spot and we play them in the first round. We'll touch on that later, but that's a Western Conference final matchup at the earliest. And if the Abs get there, they're not losing there. I'll say that. If they get over the hump of the second round, they're going to make it. Yeah, so. if they get through Nashville slash Dallas and then Minnesota slash St. Louis in the second round, you can't even say anything about their playoff credibility anymore because now they're in the conference final and then you're playing calgary or vegas that just beat the snot out of each other yeah 
So and I don't, I, trust, I feel and I don't trust Calgary's history or Canada's history. They had their one team of the decade make it last year. They wasted it. Yep. So don't freak out. Abs are going to be fine. They should bounce back. This can be a, interesting. The Islanders are playing better. They played the Avs tough last time. It's going to be a big game Monday, today when you're listening to this, and then they go to the Devils, who are not terrible. I mean, they're bad. They're, they're, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. But if they win both these games, it's, everything's going to be fine. Yeah, if we win both these games, it's status quo and everything's fine. I, I think, me personally, I think you got to throw Darcy in the net tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And then let Frankie play the second half because Darcy's got to build back his confidence. Um, and the Avs need another win. So we'll take it. I got really nothing else to say other than don't freak out, guys. It's going to be okay. We're talking about games I mean, 50, 56 of the regular season. And your team is still 14 points up on St. Louis for the division lead and 12 points up on Calgary for the Western conference lead and four points ahead for the president's trophy. Right. Like it's all good. We still have the highest points percentage in the league by a pretty wide margin. Like just take a deep breath. Wait, I'd rather have these losses happen now than in the playoffs. Right. And also my favorite thing that's come of these last two games after, after we lost to Arizona, it's man, the avalanche, they just keep playing down to bad teams and we lose Calgary. man, the Avalanche just can't beat good teams. What's the problem with what I just said? Uh, they've won 40 wins. They have 40 wins. So they, they have obviously- 40 wins and we're the second fastest team to ever get there in NHL history. So I'm going to need someone with a degree in quantum fucking physics to explain to me how that happened, where we can't play against, oh, oh look at that. That's the entire league. Good teams and bad teams are, I guess, the, I guess we only beat mediocre teams like, Vancouver and Anaheim. I, Only mediocre. Despite the fact that we're nine one and one against the worst teams in the league, that was our first regulation loss to a bad team all season, and the other one was a shootout loss to Arizona. And we just beat Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Vegas last month. And then in January we beat Boston, and we beat Toronto, and we beat Minnesota. I, I, you know, you know, you guys are right. This team can't do anything apparently. They like, can't do anything. I will say it is kind of fun. We talked about this a little bit off air. It's kind of fun to criticize this team because we'll, it's a different we, episode. I mean, at a certain point, haven't been win, able to. when you win every single game, there's only so many ways we can spin it. There's like, oh yeah, well they won again. Of course yeah. they did. And Nathan McKinnon did something amazing again. And so did Kale McCarr and they won again. Also they had a, a comeback for the 18th time where it yeah. just became so predictable. This one, this one would have counted two for another comeback win if we ended up winning it which is hilarious yeah but yeah i mean i've i don't have a problem losing games especially one like this where you like you said you get a wake-up call like okay you got to clean this up because that's not going to fly in the other two games against calgary you have this month and then later in the playoffs where every single mistake is analyzed on a microscopic scale like that like you play like that in the playoff series you're going to lose but hopefully you learn from all of that and you get the point you further put your stamp on the Western conference, even more than you already have. It's not even really a problem. If this was any other team, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, but it's because the avalanche are good that we're spending so much time on it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the abs notoriously to start the year, their first game against an opponent that granted, this was the first game against Calgary. They tend to struggle. And then the next couple, they kind of figure out how to beat the, and they win. I mean, right. look at Vegas. We I mean, lost the first game to Vegas. Beat, beat them the next two times. 
Yeah, and if this is struggling against Calgary, I, I feel sorry for them when we have a perfect game. Yeah, quite possible. So um, I, I'm excited for this week. It's a big week of hockey. I mean, you look at the, the beginning of the week, not too great, but Thursday and Sunday of this week, Carolina and Calgary, fucking bangers, dude. This is going to be a fun-ass week of hockey for the Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not an easy month coming up. I mean, the Islanders obviously – they're not in the playoffs, but they're a team you have to take seriously. The Devils you have to play against. Like, they're not they're not a pushover. Then you have Carolina. With the, like, that's a matchup of the two best teams in the NHL. Potential Stanley Cup final matchup. You have to take that seriously. And also, you're on the road. Yeah. And Cal- or Carolina's got good goaltending. Um, they're high scoring. Like, that's going to be a fun game. I cannot wait for that one. Um, and we'll see. Like, it's yeah. going to be a fun week of hockey. Yeah, and then you follow that up with Calgary at the end of the week on Sunday after two days off. And then L.A. currently in a playoff spot. And good San hockey, Jose. man. Yeah. and Good hockey. San Jose, who cares? They have Edmonton, very fun matchup. Vancouver trying to climb back in it. Philly, I mean, depending if we get Claude Giroux or not, that could be very important. That could, be, that could very much be Claude Giroux's first game against Philly if he, in fact, fine. does get traded here. And then you have... Minnesota, Calgary on the road at the end of the month. It's good month You're, of hockey. Man. We're gonna we're gonna find out a couple things about this team. If the if these problems happen in all of those games and there's a ton of mistakes, even if we edge a couple of them out, I'll come on here and be like, I'm a little concerned because that can't we're getting too close to the playoffs for that to be happening. But until that happens, I'm still walking away from this like we are still the favorites to win the Stanley Cup for a reason you clean up that game you win it it's that simple yeah you clean it up and i mean if you look at the rest of the teams around the nhl they all kind of have a fatal flaw i'd say all of them do and the abs fatal flaw is themselves yeah like, i'm like maybe what like you could turnovers. say yeah you could say goaltending and turnovers the penalty kill but like florida goaltending goaltending, goaltending is a huge problem for florida Toronto, goaltending. Among other things. Big problem. Tampa Bay, can they stay healthy? I mean, health is really going to be their key. We're going to talk about maybe three deep playoff runs for those guys. That's a lot of fucking hockey to play. Um, I'm looking at other top. Carolina, I I could argue, doesn't have a big one. I'd say their defensemen are a little iffy. Um, I'd say they're almost too spread out. Yeah, like they don't they don't have one huge major weakness. You can take advantage of like multiple things. Yeah, to, to a degree, to a degree. But I mean, if you look at Carolina and Colorado, both have the least amount of problems. You could throw uh, Tampa Bay in there, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd put Tampa in there, too. But like you, you look at Pittsburgh, they go hot and cold. The Rangers are terrible at even strength and rely entirely on their goaltending. Boston is way too inconsistent. St. Louis has no defenseman. Minnesota can't get a fucking save. And also their defensemen aren't that great either. Washington, I could go on for hours. <laughs> and then and then I'd say we exit teams that like realistically could win. And in Vegas, I haven't even talked about them. They've got a lot of problems right now. It's got to stay healthy. You got to worry about continuity because some of these players will never played with each other. Right. So I, I, I think right now, when you look at the NHL, there's definitely some teams that stand out like the ones we just mentioned, and then there's some where you're like, well, if this gets solved, they can win. The abs don't have the, well, if this gets solved, they can win. So right. I feel good. It's yeah. going to be fine. I would love a four and a week. That'd be great. 
that'd be uh, that'd be ideal. I'll take a three in one week. I mean, I'll take that. But just a couple things they need to work on. And I, like we said at the start of the episode, this was a good thing to happen. I'm okay with this happening. Yeah, as long as as long as this doesn't turn into a pattern, it's fine. Yeah. And also, can we get some trades this week? It's, yeah. It's just fingers been, crossed. Absolutely. Fingers crossed we have something to talk high. about. Yeah. And like, if there's a couple things we can do at the dead, I, we've talked Claude Giroux to death. The thing about Claude Giroux, if we can just quickly talk about it, is if if he doesn't specifically want to come here, I don't think it happens. I, if he's open to other teams, I think Florida gets him. I mean, they talked on Hockey Night in Canada how Owen Tippett could be a return for Claude Giroux. I mean, the return for Giroux is going to be a first, a young player and a prospect. And for Florida, that's very easy. That's, well, I guess next year's first because they traded their first for Reinhardt already. But I guess kind of the same situation. I didn't think about that. Being the same situation with us with the first, but then they have Owen Tippett, who they can throw in there as the young player and then another prospect. For us, it's next year's first, which I guess puts us in the same spot. And then Comfer. Comfer. Yeah, maybe one of those two. And then the prospect probably drew. Well, Comfer would need to be in the trade just to make the money work. Because if they retain half on Giroux, that's still over $4 million. And you you need money going out the door in order to make it work. And I don't think Jost's money is enough. No. So... I mean, maybe Claude Giroux, there's been rumors about JT Miller, but I don't think he's going to get moved because the Canucks are all of a sudden back in the playoff picture. And I'd also, be shocked if they move him. And also, I, I just, it goes back to the same thing. I don't think we can outbid a team that's rumored to be in on him, like the Rangers and the Maple Leafs and other teams that are rumored to be in on him. Like, we just don't have those assets for it. Yeah. And like a, I always go back to Tomas Hurdle, even though the Sharks are apparently still trying to extend him, even though they like, I just don't understand the Sharks. Yeah. We I talk don't know a lot. They're two, five and three in their last 10. They just lost eight to nothing to Nashville. If there is not a clearer sign in the world that this is over, I don't, I don't know what else they need to see. And they've yeah. won ever since February, they have won two games and one of them was in regulation. They need yeah. to trade hurdle. But again, I go to Boston for Tomas Hurdle. That's a perfect fit for him. I don't know if we can get even get in the ground floor on those negotiations unless you're willing to give up some of your higher-end guys because you don't have that first-round pick, which a lot of teams do have. And it's like we talked about. Newhook is off the table. You're not trading Alex Newhook. He's going to be a, a key part of the playoff run because of how good he's been. But for guys off the roster, Sampo Ranta, I mean, he got a lot of hype last year, especially coming into the playoffs and coming out of college. He looked out of place in the NHL. He hasn't been great with the Eagles so far this year. I wouldn't be hurt if he went the other way for a guy that can help us now. And something we've talked about a bit is if Oscar Olauson lands you Claude Giroux, do you pull the trigger? You have to. I mean – Alausen could be a really good player. I think he's going to be a good player, but find me a spot in this lineup for him yeah. in the next three to four years. Yeah, it's, I mean, just, it's just not there. In three to four years down the line, I mean, you you always have guys expiring, and guys are going to get traded, and spots that are going to open up. But it's like we've talked about to death on this show. You don't know what it's going to be like in the future, and you yeah. if you 
if Oscar Olauson is the difference between getting Claude Giroux and him going to Florida or Minnesota or at JT Miller. Yeah. Like it's some, and I, I would want Miller more because of the extra year yeah. and not just 20 games of Claude Giroux as great as he might be. That's something that you're, you're going to have to pull the trigger on. Cause I think you can survive without Olauson and it's going to, it's going to hurt because you're going to probably go three years without a first round pick. Cause Oscar Olauson last year, you already traded it for Kemper. And if you're getting Drew or Miller, probably throwing that first in there too. Yep. And probably so, if, if, even if you don't, you have the entire offseason, the other next trade deadline to get through without trading that first very small chance of that not happening. But this is the risk you got to take when you're a good team. When you have a chance to win the cup, you have to take those chances. And the Avs have gone long enough now where they've stockpiled their assets and you need to unload the clip a little bit. I mean, we talked a little bit about like a Martin Cow, a Shane Bowers. Uh, I mean, maybe even Mikhail Maltsev. Like those guys have to be made available to help this team win now because this may be your best chance to win a cup. It really may be. Yeah, I mean, you you just never know what it's going to be year by year. And also, like, I watching this game against Calgary, I think the bottom six needs a little improvement. Yeah. Like, Logan O'Connor was good in this game, but the guy just cannot finish lately. If you can bump him down to the fourth line, I think that would help a lot too. And JT Comfort, like, he's doing fine, but for a guy that makes $3.5 million. need more. You need more. And if he goes out the door for something, I will live, yeah. honestly, especially if it's for Giroux or for Miller or Hurdle. You need an upgrade there. And it's like we said, if you get someone else in the top six and bump uh, Berkey or Val down or just swap them game by game, that adds so much to your bottom six that it makes it almost impossible for other teams to match you. And with a team this good, it's, it's almost something that you have to do. Otherwise, you can't really say you're giving it your best shot. I mean, yeah. and that's not – sometimes there's just not a deal to be made. You know, maybe Florida outbids us for Giroux because they can. Maybe New York outbids us for Miller because they have the assets. You look at an, an Andrew Kopp in that case as well to add to your third line, I think would do a lot there. A Cali Yarncroak from Seattle to add to your third line, I think would help too. Like guys like that, Vladimir Mesnikov, we've done that. We've done that route before. I think he would be okay in the bottom six as well. Like there are options, even if it's not the big swinging deal that we expect. Yeah. And sometimes those little ones are the bigger, the biggest improvements. I mean, yep. look no further than Tampa Bay getting Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau. I mean, those weren't big names to get, but they completed their team. I mean, also when you really look at it, like I know this has gotten skewed because Tampa traded their first to get those players, but the team that makes the big splash at the deadline usually doesn't win the cup. When you yeah. look at the last several years, I mean, when was the last team that swung for the fences with the big name and went all the way? Because, I mean, Coleman was a great pickup, but Taylor Hall was the, the guy Sorry. that year. Yeah. And was there was uh, maybe when Pittsburgh got Phil Kessel, but that wasn't even at the trade. That, that was, was that was offseason. Yeah. They got, him, they got him straight up for that. And then Pittsburgh won again, and the Caps trade for Shattenkirk and got bounced in the second round. That was the yeah. big thing that year. 2018, I don't even remember if there was a big one. I think it was Broussard somehow. Yeah. Like Pittsburgh traded a first and others for him. They got bounced in the second round. And in 
it was Duchesne and the Blue yeah. Jackets. And they so, got bounced to 19. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it, but I, I agree. Like, I'd love to see a Claude Giroux. Um, I'd love to see JT Miller. But if guys you can get like Andrew Cobb, Arturi Lekkonen from Montreal. is. I would good. love Arturi Lekkonen. Yeah. I think I think that would cost sim- less than Giroux and Miller, but it would be similar in a way because he's an RFA and has been one of the lone bright spots on the Habs all season. If you add Arturi Lekkonen to the third line, I that's yeah. that's a fit to me that like if you can make that work you have to do it yeah he's incredible yeah that's a good one and he's kind of going under the radar because everyone's talking about Sherratt and after Toffoli's got moved everyone's kind of iffy about him but I would love him I, if you don't get the big one you got to find something to get a third line fourth line back together because the pieces are there for the third line new hook is great on the third line he's great um but you need to get a couple more pieces or, or JT Comfer needs to significantly improve his game in the next two weeks. Yeah. And also you have to think about what if someone gets hurt. Yeah. McKinnon's been dealing with stuff all season. Let's just say it. What happens if he gets hurt in the first round and just totally fucks up whatever's been bothering him completely. Yeah. You're going to need more. You're going to need more guys. Like Mikhail Maltsev's not going to be the answer. Nope. You're going to need to go out. You're going to go need to go out there and find more guys. And Arturi Lekkinen, 2.3 for this year. He's an RFA next year. He's going to cost you. He's going to cost you. He's going to cost a lot. He's got 11 goals and 14 assists, but that's not really his main selling point either. He's such a good two-way forward and was really good for the Habs in their run last year. It's not going to cost as much as Giroux or Miller, I would think but it's not going to be cheap. But I think if you can find a way to get that deal specifically done, that's a move that can also set you up for next year as well. And also you can let go of comfort without it really being too much of a concern of losing depth. Yeah. So I'd be cool with that. Hopefully there's some news going on with it because we've got nothing. I really hope by next Wednesday, when we record, we've got, something even if it's not just the abs like just something to talk something about. to talk about <laughs> like something connecting somewhere something to somebody because it's i was waiting for hockey net in canada to be like this guy's on the market he's going to get moved and they the best thing they had was well owen Tippett would make sense for claude Giroux. yeah like speculation like i i've i've been waiting for it and we're way too close to the deadline at this point for it to still be this kind of rumors. Yeah. But I hope, I hope we can get something soon. Like with the abs, it's probably all going to happen at the deadline. If not a couple days before, even, even though I would prefer it to be sooner just to get guys in the door and get guys in the system. But I don't have my, I don't have expectations high for that. No, me either. Me, either, but it's going to be fun. We got a couple weeks to, to preview it some more. Um, I think everyone's getting a little antsy. I, I saw something that like the agents were starting to get a little antsy because um, nothing's going on. But I think once the Claude Giroux domino falls, I think everything else will fall. I, I think Claude Giroux might be one of the last ones to fall, honestly. I mean, the thing with Giroux is like, it's entirely up to him and he yeah. might not get traded at all. He might Heavy. just be like, fuck it. I want to stay. I don't want to go anywhere else. What a fucking letdown that would be. Oh my God. And that's <laughs> totally going to happen too. That's, oh, yeah. that's so NHL. It is. It is. But I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited for this abs team. They just need to fix some minor things. They don't need to fix anything big, just some minor things to get to that cup potential that we know they can get to. Yeah. 
Um, Clean up a couple mistakes and you will end the season with a Stanley cup. If you don't, the only reason you lose it's, it's your fault. Yep. That's the, that's the main thing that was proved to me by losing to Calgary is that if you don't win, it's your fault. And, yeah. in, and in a way that's a little comforting. It's an answer. It's an there's answer. not, there's not a team that's going to walk in here and be a horrible matchup for us and just be like, we had no answer. We have an answer for everybody. If you don't win, it's your fault. It's that simple. And then changes will have to be made. God, that's going to be crazy if that happens, man. That's going to yeah. be crazy. If I mean, it's, it's, it's all or nothing really, even though you have next year as part of, I'd say this particular window, but if you don't win this year, there are no excuses to be made. Yeah. There's it's, none. It's your fault at the end of the day, if you don't get it done. And I, I like it that way. I do too. I do too. So it's, uh, it's going to be fun, man. We, we, I got nothing else for this episode though, man. Yep. I got nothing else. We're going to be back on Wednesday talking about the Islanders and devils game, looking ahead to what very well might be a Stanley cup final matchup between the avalanche and the hurricanes. And hopefully we've got something on trade front to talk about because it has just been a big fat, nothing, but regardless, I'm, in no way shape or form panicked i'm annoyed at the loss in in a vacuum big picture i'm totally fine yeah the abs are gonna be fine calgary they're a good team but we can beat them when we play our best that's it's that simple and every other team really is not even that big of a threat minnesota is going through the ringer right now yeah st louis is struggling right now vegas is barely holding on to the playoffs i mean Someone did ask us this, like, who would, who would you want to play in the first round more Dallas or Vegas? Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. Do I like, as much as I'm proponent of hardest matchup possible, there's a line that needs to be drawn a little bit like, okay, Vegas round one. That's a little ridiculous with Mark stone coming back with a healthy Mark stone, patch Jack Eichel, who's been there for 30 games at that point, a healthy Robin Leonard and a healthy lineup. Yeah, can we save that for the Western final. Conference final yeah. if that has to be a thing? Can we not do that right away? Yeah. Like there's there's a line that has to be drawn with potentially the other best team in the Western Conference in the first round. That's, that's NHL's where, worst nightmare. That's that that's where I draw my line on tough first round matchup. Give me Dallas, a team that we should beat but won't be easy. Yeah. We'll beat them in six. Yeah. So yeah, Dallas in a heartbeat. Vegas, I I, I weirdly find myself cheering for them to either win and just not even make it a question that they're going to be in the wild card or just continue to lose and then just fall completely out of the playoffs. That's where I'm at with Vegas right now. Yeah. And as long as, as, long as we don't see falling them falling out of the playoffs is very slim. Oh yeah. It's not going to happen, but it would be very funny as look, whatever gets them away from us in the first round, I I'm totally fine yeah. with them. Whatever I, gets them away from us until the Western conference final. I'm okay yeah. with it. Not that so I don't, it. not that I'm like afraid to play them, but like, Jesus, first round, That'd be brutal. that's, Talk a, about little, a, letdown that's that a little ridiculous. Game. Yeah. Talk about a letdown in the next round for either of those teams. That Wait, unless it's, unless it's Minnesota. Yeah. So, but yeah, to answer that question, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. But yeah, we got nothing else for this one. We'll be back with the Islanders and the Devils on Wednesday and hopefully some frigging trade talks. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us for this rare loss edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast. Don't know if we'll ever do one of these again because it just happens so rarely. But we'll see <laughs> where it all goes. Awesome. 
What was that? We took a good three months off from it. Yeah, we took a good three months off from talking about anything other than wins for the most part. But that's it for us on this edition. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. You can follow the show at Tell It Abs. It is for giveaways, live tweets, all that fun stuff. But again, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.